0: by showing you actually the latest satellite
1: picture. <laughs> Slow news
0: beyond the headline.
1: Every Wednesday we also provide you with deep insights into issues from around the world which are profoundly covered in international media which are however a must know. Alicia and Ramon are here with me now to give you the story. What do we get to know
2: about tonight?
1: Well, uh, tonight we are um, explaining the repetition of the Kenyan elections. Uh, Kenyan is repeating the presidential elections after the Supreme Court declared the August 8th elections invalid.
0: The current president, Uhuru Kenyatta, was announced the winner with 54% of the votes. But the opposition leader, Raila Odinga, claimed that the elections were hacked and precedented irregularities.
1: What kind of irregularities? Well, the court ruled that there was a lack of security measures, for example, absence of watermarks or serial numbers in ballot papers. These arose questions about the authenticity of the ballot papers.
0: In addition, there were allegations of irregularities in the election transmission of the results. The body in charge of overseeing the election, the Independent Elections and Boundaries Commission, denied the court access to its computers. In consequence, the court ruled that the hacking claims could not be disproved. This is the first time a court overturned the results of a presidential election in Africa. Here, Chief Justice David Maraga announcing the decision.
2: The presidential election held on 8 August 2017 was not conducted in accordance with the Constitution and the applicable law, rendering the declared results invalid, null, and void.
1: The current president, Uhuru Kenyatta, referred to these Jews as wakora, which in Swahili means crook, and blamed the court for creating chaos.
2: The Supreme Court owes Kenyans an explanation on how such a monstrous injustice could have taken place. Not only did the judgment rob the Kenyan people of their democratic right as exercised on August 8th, but it also now has the potential to throw our country into judicial chaos.
1: Following that decision, demonstrators took to the streets to celebrate. The opposition leader, Raila Odinga, asked to replace the officials that he labeled as complicit in the electoral fraud. He also demanded the replacement of the suppliers of the equipment used to transmit election results. Did the Kenyan government accept his petition?
0: No, and that's why on October 10, Odinga withdrew from the elections. This is just 16 days before the election. So tomorrow, Kenyans are heading to polling stations where they will find ballots from Kenyatta, Odinga and other parties. But Odinga has called for a boycott of the elections.
1: He directly accused the Independent Elections and Boundaries Commission of abstracting reforms to ensure free elections.
2: You've come to the conclusion that there's no intention on the part of the IEBC to undertake any changes to its operations and personnel to ensure that the illegalities and irregularities that led to the invalidation of the 8th August do not happen again. All indications are that the election scheduled for the 26th of October will be worse than the previous one.
0: Odinga, the Kenyan opposition leader, called for a national strike. Demonstrations were suppressed by police, leaving 28 casualties, many shot by police. In addition, human rights groups reported that 67 opposition supporters have been killed since the elections.
1: Also, Chris Masando, the head IT guy of Kenya's election commission, was murdered and left in a forest near the capital. Have other members of the election body been attacked? Well, yes, indeed. The Commissioner Rosaline Akombe fled Kenya, citing death threats and a lack of credibility in the election system. In an interview with the BBC in New York, Akombe explained why she left Kenya.
2: I have never felt uh, the kind of fear that I felt in my own country. I have traveled around the world. I have lived in various countries. So if you get such messages and you have seen your own staff get that and, and be murdered, you will really be suicidal to think that nothing would happen to you.
0: Apart from that, tribal ties play a huge role in Kenya's political ecosystem. Kenyatta is from the Kikuyu community, while Odinga is from the Luo. The two presidential candidates were children of Kenya's founding fathers, both of whom shared a bitter political rivalry.
1: Is there fear of an escalation of violence? Well, yes, indeed, some fear that an outburst of tribal violence will destabilize Kenya's political climate, as it did 10 years ago.
0: Back then, in 2007, the opposition also claimed voting fraud and the resulting violence left 1,200 dead and 600,000 displaced. Tomorrow, Kenyans will make or break political stability for years to come.
1: Now it's time for the local perspective. Ramon sat down with Mundus journalist student Brenda Okot. She's an award-winning Kenyan journalist who has been reporting about the country for the past decade. Here are her views.
0: First question, Brenda. Why would Raila Odinga withdraw?
2: If you've been following the Kenyan election news, you'd realize that uh, in August, the Supreme Court annulled the elections that were held in the beginning of August, just because of some irregularities around the counting after the votes were cast. And so um, Ray Lodinga uh, was actually the... He was he was running against um, the current president, Uhuru Kenyatta, and there were other four candidates. But the other four candidates, sort of like, um, they stepped down or they accepted defeat. But he was like, no, there's, there's, there's some irregularities. We have to look into them. And so he said, unless there are reforms made in relation to this, then he wouldn't run he wouldn't want to run for president because the elections would not be credible credible and they wouldn't be fair either
0: uh, do you fear this will lead to violent clashes like what happened in two thousand and seven
2: I think uh unlike two thousand and seven there's a realization that this is this is possible and maybe also the circumstances around this election are different in the sense that in two thousand and seven the current president and the vice president were on opposing sides and so it's actually the two ethnic communities that then got into Um, the supposed uh, post-election violence, then it escalated the rest of the country. The dynamics are different in the sense that now both of them are in the same party, and they're they're in office. The only people who are being targeted at the moment, at least it looks like in terms of how police is being spread around the country, are the people who belong to then Dinga's ethnic group because there's more police presence there. They assume that they're going to be unmanageable, quote-unquote, and so now the There's more police presence there to take care of them as opposed to any worry about a political violence.
0: So a follow-up on that. Do tribal affiliation matter in this election?
2: Uh, Sadly, yes. And I think it's worse now because the two candidates who are running for president are actually sons of our two of our founding fathers. One, our first president, uh, Jomo Kenyatta, and... Uh, now Raila's father was called Jaramogi Odinga, and they've had a history of political rivalry since 1963. So it's almost like we're right back there, but then now with their sons. And so I think now polarization and you know division among ethnic lines in Kenya is probably worse than it's been in a while. You can see that even on our social media. There's a lot of hate being spewed there between different people from different ethnic backgrounds.
0: What's the role of journalists in escalating the tension?
2: The Kenyan media sort of like blamed itself after the 2007-2008 election because they probably felt that if we had been more responsible on how we reported the violence, then maybe we would have mitigated it before it got worse. However, after 2007-2013, we did what is called peace journalism, where you just reported enough to ensure that the status quo was maintained. The problem is right now, it wouldn't be very wise of the media to take this stand because... It's very clear what media is on what side of the, of the election, unfortunately. And let's say this is media that supports the president. they probably report pro-president and then alienate the opposition and vice versa. Only widening the gap between people because essentially what we are failing to tell the Kenyan population is, is that when trouble goes down, it's the local people who pay for it, not the politicians, because they have options. And I think that's, that's the one thing that is not being highlighted by the media.
0: What do you think is going to happen tomorrow?
2: I think we're going to have the most interesting election we've ever had in Kenya, in the sense that, one, we have an opposition candidate who has withdrawn from election, but his name is still on the ballot paper, alongside other people who had already accepted defeat. And then there's also the president who's running for president, and apparently it's his birthday. So I guess he's kind of hoping he wins.
0: Thank you, Brenda, for the interview.
2: Thank you guys for having me.
0: Planet Mundus, the word in Arhus. Every Wednesday from 7 to 8 pm and online.